Boy, we're excited to jump into this series um, again. This is the second um, message on unhindered. And, you know, isn't it good? We all want to live in freedom, right? That's what we are trying to get to. So this message, the goal is that we're going to take ourselves through kind of a process of how do we get to that? Because that's what God wants for us, right? Amen? So um, just to kind of kick things off, what I wanted to do is have someone pray to start the, the message. And you know, the goal would be just that the Lord would speak through me, and ultimately you guys would be able to receive um, the word that God has for you today uh, and what God has for me, basically. My name is Darren, in case you don't know who I am. I'm up here a little bit, but you don't see me speak, but maybe once a quarter or so. Um, but who wants to kick it off? And if you haven't prayed before, I'd love to have you do that. Just a simple prayer. Anybody? Yes? Okay. Is there a, we'll get the microphone to you. There you go. All right, thank you. Lord God, thank you so much for this um, this day, Lord, this morning. God, your presence is here and in abundance, Jesus, and we thank you that we are not only able to see it but feel it, God. Thank you for the family, for the connections that are here in this place, God, the, the growth that we're having as a community, as a family, and as an individual, God. Lord, I pray and I thank you, Lord, for this message that you're about to give to us, God, that you would speak through us, that walls would be broken down and restoration would come, Jesus, that you would be a fulfillment um, for our needs, our wants, um, and our desires that we didn't know we had, God. Restore us and heal us, and thank you, Jesus, for your continued blessing in this day and in this week. In your name. Amen. Amen, and thank you so much. That was, that wasn't that great? That was, mm, was good. Thank you for doing that. Um, all right, so here's the deal. Dan kicked this off with um, kind of insecurities last week, and he, of course, did an amazing job. That was just a good message and a good foundation for us to start this out. But he also mentioned in this, he said, you know, this week when you're driving, you're out and about, you're working, whatever it might be, write down some insecurity, some things that come to your mind that you feel like God has kind of put on your, your heart to say, you know what, I'm going to write this down. And here's what I'm going to do today. <laughs> I'm not going to do this, what you're thinking, because you're like, I don't want to come up and share all these things. If you're new with us, we're very interactive, as you've seen. And I almost thought for this message, by the way, I thought, you know, wouldn't this be good? We'll just come up one by one, have each person come up, share their insecurities, their fears, their vulnerabilities. And then we'll go to the next, and we'll just, you know, row by row, everyone, come up, here's the microphone. But I'll share some of that of my own heart. I'll be the vulnerable one. But was anyone able to write some of those things down last week? I'm not going to call on you on what they were, but just to write something down. You identified something. Okay. The good thing is I think when you see something visually and you write it down, it's like, oh, okay, I didn't see that. I've, it's been on my heart. But when I wrote it down and I could look at it, I could resonate with it. I could understand it a little bit. So um, interesting. We're going to move from insecurities over to fear, which is really a byproduct or really the makeup of an insecurity. We're going to talk about that, but we're going to kind of move in a, a different um, direction, if you will. But the word insecurity, just so you guys know, is not in the Bible at all. It's not in there. However, fear, it's all over the Bible. And actually talking to Dave Dennis, I don't know if he's in here. He was here last night. I talked to him last week and he said, you know what? There are 365 fear not scriptures in the Bible. And I was like, you know what? I hadn't heard it. I looked it up online. Like, sure enough, there, they, there it is. And I was like, man, that's good. Isn't it amazing how our God works to say, look, you need one of these for every day. 
You need one every day. Start your day with this, not fear, but fear not, you know, that we don't have to fear things. And I, and I thought, I, if I was thinking ahead, I would have said, man, if I could have printed out that list and, you know, let's do that, get in that habit of every morning or whenever to start our day to do that. But maybe you guys do that, right? You know, write them a little note, do that, and let's, let's start doing that because, again, our God knows what we need. And to have 365, you're like, boy, this is, this is perfect. All right, here's the left field part that we're going to kind of jump over to. Anyone ever been to the circus? All right. Anyone ever been to the zoo? All right. Anyone ever seen elephants in the zoo? Okay. All right. So just a quick question. You know that there are elephants that are wild elephants. Not too many of us have probably seen wild elephants, right? And then there's, so we're going to say this is kind of the wild side here, wild. And then, yep. Yeah. Woo. There it is. And then there also are elephants that are held in captivity. Okay. Ah, and we are truly going to talk about the elephant in the room today. <laughs> I know, I know. So, so how do we get here? Let's first talk about what, what is the definition of wild? What is that definition? What's that word mean? Untamed, Untamed okay. Free. Free. And you guys can answer. I'm just... <laughs> Something you were born to be? Something you were born to be. Born to, I'm not going to sing. Natural, unhindered, yes. All right, here's the definition from the simplest form is living or growing in a natural environment, not domesticated or cultivated. In other words, living in freedom. It's good, huh? All right, so our captivity group, what's the word captivity mean? What? Enslavement, chain... Chain, chain down, controlled, caged, in prison, denied, not free, bondage, hindered, not unhindered, now we're hindered, okay, broken. So here, here's the interesting part. We, talk, we did a few things on wild, and we could say some things, but when we think about captivity or we think imprisoned, or then we think fear and insecurity. And this isn't a fun life. It's amazing how all of a sudden we all interact with that so quickly. We've got all those emotions from that standpoint. Sometimes hard to recognize the wild piece, right? But you're right. So there's two different. Here's what the, the word is again, the condition of being imprisoned or confined. And so let's look at a picture here uh, on the screen of these elephants. And I would say when we look at this, we're like, okay, there's a stake in the ground and a rope. And some of you guys are knowing, okay, I know exactly where he's going with this. I get it. I know what he's going to talk about. And some of you are like, I don't know where he's going with these elephants today at church. But, but ultimately, you can see that picture of like, okay, you're staked to the ground, you're held. Uh, and this is just maybe a way of life. Here's, here's what I think society sometimes paints a, paints a picture. If we look at that word captivity, we almost look at it as the word captive, being held captive, being imprisoned, um, not in freedom. But I think society sometimes will say, you know what? Yes, we took the animals. We held them in captivity. We created safety. We fed them. We gave them water. We actually think that this is a good thing. We, now they're guarded. There's safety from attack. And 
I think those are, those are good things in a lot of ways, depending on what we're doing. But if we're starting to look at this in our own life, sometimes we need to look at, is that truly a freedom or not? And so when we look at these elephants, here's what happens. At a young age, not when they're older, but at a young age, and through experience at a young age, they're staked to the ground, rope, chain, whatever, and they try to do everything they can to break away from this. They work at it, and they can't. They can't seem to do that. And so to ask you guys the question, if they're never able to break away, why does an elephant believe this lie? Because we know that this is, I would assume, a strong animal. Maybe it's because as elephants get older, they get weaker. <laughs> That's what it is. Their muscles don't grow. They're just weaker now. They were much stronger as a... So it's not that. But why do you think they believe this lie of not being able to pull away from something so simple? They're conditioned into this thinking. Condition. So is it really, um, it's not an issue of strength. Indoctrination. So it's, yes, we've been indoctrined into this from a young age through life experience and realizing as we've gotten older, this is how we're going to be held captive. And then we can't necessarily recognize we're being held captive. So, I would think my, myself, I'm not that much smarter, but I feel like I'm a little smarter than an elephant, you know, a little bit. And here's really the elephant, you know, just so you know. Did you know elephants are exceptionally smart creatures? They have the largest brain of any land animal and three times as many neurons as humans. While, I know, while these neurons exist really to control the elephant's large, dexterous body, these creatures have demonstrated their impressive mental capabilities time and time again. You're like, okay, so from any other land animal, they're pretty smart. But they're probably not as smart as us. So I would think, common sense-wise, should be easy to break away from this. I mean, this is easy. But let's look at it from a human perspective. And if we go, now we're going to actually get to the Word of God today. <laughs> but it's perspective, right? And I love analogies because it helps me understand and see. Um, so let's look at it from a biblical standpoint. If we look at Exodus... Six. This is six through nine, and this is the Lord speaking to Moses. You know, basically say, "Look, Moses, go and tell them this." And so here's here's what um, God is telling him to say. He says, "Therefore, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord. I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians, out from under the stake and the rope and the chain from the Egyptians. Right? I will free you from being slaves to them. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and mighty acts of judgment." I will take you as my own people. I will be your God. It continues a little bit further here, but let me jump to verse 9. And this is then Moses um, reporting this. So Moses goes, he, Moses reports this to the Israelites, but they do not listen to him because of their discouragement and harsh labor. So that this question of for you guys is, oh, lost my notes, is what do you think... What do you think this, this problem is? Why couldn't they hear from God? Moses is saying, look, you are my people. I will bring you out of this bondage, this slavery. I'm going to push you over to freedom. This is humans. We're pretty smart. But why can't they believe this? It's all they knew. All they knew. Yes, absolutely. So it's all they knew. Expand on that a little more. From the time they were born, they were in that captivity. Other, other thoughts? 
what they're familiar with, even though they didn't like it, was their identity. This is who we are. Yeah, this is my identity. This is, this is my upbringing. Yes, Kurt. They have no hope. They can't see hope, probably. And here's the thing, if you notice, we talked about the elephant, again, wasn't staked at a mature, strong age. It's staked, again, when it's gotten older. And just as we were talking about, this happens over time. So the generation that was initially in slavery in Egypt as an Israelite, that generation's passed away. The new generation comes. The new generation comes. All that, right, over, uh, over a long period of time. So life, when I am born as an Israelite then, I am staked to the ground, chain, rope. <laughs> I don't see life any different. I can't even imagine it. And isn't it interesting in our own lives how we can fall into that same mindset to where we get to the point of, I don't really remember getting here. I don't know how I got here. Now, again, we're talking a lot of I, 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 I. We haven't brought God into this, and that's where we're going to go with this. But, but as the Israelites, the same thing, you're thinking, it seems like, boy, this is the Lord speaking. And the Lord spoke to us this morning about freedom about being unhindered even as well as we're like, yes, Lord, it's all for you. You're right. You are the king of kings. It's, it's who you are, not who we are. But still, it's easy for us to get caught up on those things when we walk out of here um, to struggle. So here's a little bit about me. I'm going to tell just a few stories of my own insecurities, and that's good. You guys don't have to get up here and tell all yours. I'll just, let me be the, you're welcome, let me be the vulnerable one this morning. Um, but let me tell you uh, just a little bit, and I think I've, I've mentioned a little bit of this, uh, this before. And again, keep in mind, it's all about experiences in life as we've grown. So myself, for instance, I struggled with reading as a child. I'm still not the best reader. Like I can't, I'm not one that can't wait to get five books and read them. I, I'm not. I'm just, I wish I was but I just am not that person. I want information, and I love to learn, but I'm not a good reader. So I remember growing up and hearing from people close to me that you're just not going to be good at this, you know? You're just not going to get that. And that's okay. You're still going to make it. You'll still make it, but you're just not going to be good at this. So think about that. At a young age, sometimes people closest to you have maybe spoke things into your life. Definitely happened with me. And you start to believe that to say, okay, let me grab that steak and I'm going to put that in and, and attach that to me to say, you know what, it's okay. This is who I am. That's all right. I'm, I'm going to be fine. If I fast forward a little bit, even in life experiences, I worked at a company for many years, um, started there at 19 years old at seven bucks an hour, <laughs> sweeping the floors, doing everything I could to help and kind of worked up, but I was there for, for about 14 years, and we had this meeting. We had a leadership change, and in the meeting, it was, look, be open, be honest, be direct. We really want to hear your thoughts on, you know, where we're going as a company, and are we moving down the right path? And you can probably, as, as I'm saying this, I think some of you can relate to this in your own lives right now to say, okay, I've been in some of those meetings. Be open, be honest, be direct. And, the first <laughs> and you're thinking, okay, yeah. So I felt like for me, this is a safe place. I've been there for a long time. 
I am going to do my best to just be me and just give truth. And so respectfully, really respecting the authority and and being very good at at trying to express that because I didn't want to do it out of turn, not about frustration or anger per se. But doing that, I thought everything went well. Meeting uh, ended. It seemed like things were received. And uh, shortly after that, 40 of us were were laid off (laughs) after that instant. But here's the thing for me. Um, It just tore me up. It tore me up to where I was thinking, I I just don't trust people. I don't trust. Definitely not in the workplace. Actually, I felt like church and friends were my my trust, you know, where I could be me. But in the workplace, I really struggled. And I struggled going to the next place. And even though I felt like people were saying, you know, be open, be honest, because of my experience and a past experience, not, not because of someone else's fault of, of something new, I couldn't get past that. So I either became defensive um, or I just shut down either way. But it was really, really hard for me, and it just it tore me up to where I'd look in the mirror and say, man, who, who are you? Who am I? What is wrong with me? What's, what, what am I missing here? So easily for me to put a stake in the ground for that to say, okay, here's a fear of mine that I don't, I'm struggling to trust people. Now, this was 11 years ago, and God, thank you, Lord, because it's not what people say, it's what he says and I'm like, man, that is why I have grown through this. Doesn't mean that I don't that I haven't forgotten that. And I see from myself that that will creep up here and there. Um, and I and I, you know, I struggle just people having agendas, I guess, um, versus just being real and truthful. Um, so I've grown from that. But that was that's an insecurity and has been. And I feel like I've gotten through some of those things. Um, but that's one piece. The other piece is just. Um, Kind of a third example for, of me is preparing for this message. You're like, boy, <laughs> when, you know, talk about having fear and insecurity. You know, I, I, when I'm preparing for this, I was like, oh, man, the enemy is just rampant on me. And we talk about that a lot, especially when you're, you're going to go up and talk about Jesus and how good he is and help people, you know, for us to move forward in a different way. It's like, oh, no, no, the enemy is just like, look, Darren, you're a volunteer. You're not even a full-time pastor. You have a day job. How could you ever stand up here and do this stuff? I mean, what are you really going to talk about? What's really going to be valuable? I mean, as Dan mentioned last week, it's the little lie. And that's the thing. If we look at that elephant picture, the stake is not huge. It's the little stake and this small rope. And just so you know, that elephant can move about 130 humans, if you will. They said the weight of about 130 humans. So the whole room here, we could have a tug of war and that elephant would win, but can't break from the stake. And I'm telling you, I I put stakes in my life from even preparing for the message to where the enemy just exploded. I will tell you, there's a little freedom that comes up and it happened about a week ago and we're going to get deeper into that, into the message. But Hopefully you guys are tracking a little bit with some of this, that this fear, the root of um, the insecurity really is fear, ultimately, and it's based on usually past experiences, not something that happened today or this minute. So fear itself, let's talk about that word. 
Just out of curiosity, let me ask you, just raise a hand. Has anyone ever dealt with fear or dealing with some type of fear now? <laughs> we should have every arm up. If, uh, if you're not human, I get it. You, you wouldn't put up your arm. But most of us, man, we've all dealt with some type of fear. Let me ask you this. We're going to talk about anxiety too. Has anyone felt anxiety or anxious over the last week? Okay. I think that's almost another message or, uh, for sure on just anxiety, but it's amazing how much that comes up in our lives. But fear, what does that mean? When I say the word fear, what does that word mean to you guys? What's the definition of fear? Frightened? Scared? Unsure? When the obstacle in front of us is greater than the, our understanding. Not moving forward. Okay? Paralyzed. Feeling small. <laughs> to that stake and the elephant, it's like that stake looks huge. Right? Persecuted. Okay? Yes. False evidence of appearing real. You always have a... Great word. Come on now. <laughs> I, I love that. Anybody else? Yes. Not of God. Right. Any fear is not of God. And he does not, he does not tell us to fear. I mean, fear his reverence, but don't fear him. He absolutely loves exception. Yes. Along with that, I think it's the opposite of love. Opposite of love. Okay. Something that can cause you harm. All right, we'll look at the definition here, and that's, that's part of it. It's same thing when we look at, you know, when we talk about fear, it's easy for us to, everyone pops up. Man, I can, I can throw that out there pretty quickly. Same with the captivity or imprisoned, right? So the, uh, the definition, an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief of someone or something is dangerous, likely to cause pain or a threat. So... When you look at this, here's a good analogy, I would say, is that, boy, uh, I, every year I have to hang up these lights on my house for Christmas. <laughs> and here's the problem is that I have the, I have the garage and then the main level, and our garage is kind of sunk, and then we have the upper level, and then my roof pitches like this. So the ladder, I have rented the biggest ladder from Home Depot that they have. And I <laughs> last year I had both the boys like you know, holding the sides of the ladder and I'm trying to climb up just really slowly and I get everything done and I come back down and then I tell myself, thank goodness I don't have to face that for another year, right? So here's the deal. There's a fear in that. Some of us might be afraid of heights. The good thing is, thank goodness, to have a fear from a standpoint of safety in that if this was a 200-foot cliff, I'm not just going to go, yeah. Now we're in heaven, new bodies. We're going to do some of that stuff. We are, woo, come on. But, but let me tell you, we, that's a protection, and that's a good thing. Smart, common sense. Don't walk into the fire. Okay. But when we look at these ladders, let's say, in our lives, and this is the stake part, sometimes we say, boy, emotionally, I don't want to go climb that ladder every day. I don't, emotionally, I can't handle going through the pain of dealing with that emotion every day. 
So it's easier for me to pass that up, not, not deal with it today. You know what? I'll deal with it a week from now or two weeks or, you know, if I could wait once a year, that would be great. Or here's the other shift is that in our mind, sometimes the stake that we are staked to, that is our fear, we get so accustomed to that it's really hard to even discern that it is a fear. It actually becomes a comfort at times, and I think of that, that there's more of a comfort in that thinking, just like the elephant. If you think about it, once I'm staked, I don't have to do work. I probably get fed. I eat. And you think of that in your life. You say, you know what? I have gotten used to just living with that, and now I can't even recognize it as a fear or an insecurity. And I feel like God today is saying, it's not that everyone is dealing with that, but some of you that are, and maybe you can't discern it, that God is saying, look, I want to help you discern this today. I want you to bring it to the surface. Because here's the big picture is that ultimately, I don't need to face this alone. I don't have to try to battle this on my own. If we look at... Um, 2 Timothy 1.7, it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love um, and a sound mind. And this is in the New King, King James Version, which DJ pointed out to me. I was like, yes, that's good. It's, it uses that word fear. But um, ultimately, these past experiences, even though we feel like we have the strength, even in our, our, our own ability, we don't. Our mind gets caught up on this, but these past experiences become this new, this fear that we've staked ourselves to. And here's what happens. Because of believing insecurities about ourselves, we hinder stepping out in faith. We don't want to climb the ladder, right, on a normal basis to face that. We typically don't want to step out in faith because we may have fear, and fear of making mistakes leads to embarrassment or punishment or losing self-control. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that speaks to me. I mean, I am, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, there I am. I mean, I, you know, I see myself to say, man, I, you feel like you're, you're trying to do a lot of those right things. But yeah, there's little things that, I can, that God can free me from and has freed me from. Here's the other piece. We looked at that losing self-control. People get furious due to fear in situations they cannot control at times. Because in their mind, it's always about winning, meaning they're going to get the ladder out today and they're going to face it, but they're going to face it with a shield and they're going to block that because they don't want to deal with the pain of it. And they're going to figure out a way to stare at it. But ultimately, because of that insecurity and fear, they drive themselves to win in this, which then ultimately drives out um, love and compassion and connection with others. You know, it makes it, makes it hard to, to do that. People, uh, if we look at the Bible, the Pharisees were one to say, all right, yeah, we're, we're understanding. Jesus is here, and people are starting to believe who this is. But the Pharisees had created something so great, and due to their insecurities, which really is their fear of losing what they had created, they surely didn't want to acknowledge that this was truth. So same in our lives when God is maybe speaking to us and trying to give us truth in a situation or a fear or insecurity, it's hard for us to recognize that. Sometimes due to our own motives and motivations based on what makes us who we are, our identity in something, right? So this is John twelve forty two. It says, yet at the same time, 
many among the leaders believed in him, in Jesus. But because of the Pharisees, they would not openly acknowledge their faith for fear they would be put out of the synagogue. They loved human praise more than praise from God. So just being so um, disconnected from God at that point based on their own fears and insecurities, they didn't want to acknowledge God in this because they, were, they had built something special to them. And it's hard when God wants to control some of those things that we want to control. It's easier for us to step back and just control it ourselves. Speaking to me, I'm looking in the mirror today <laughs> the whole time. So here's the deal. If we can get this movement and we can be unstaked and we can understand and discern what we've been struggling with in our fear, God wants us to live in this freedom, right? That's what he is wanting more than anything. Look, I don't see you this way. If I can get you there, then what happens is you can take action when you hear my voice. You will be able to step in to things that you normally wouldn't have been able to. And case in point here, we interact a lot. I had spoke to someone about a month ago or so at church, and she had shared during a message, and Dan had asked a question. It was just really good. I thought what she shared, and I said, hey, thanks for sharing. I, I love what you had to say, uh, to say there, and I think it spoke to, to, to me, and I'm probably to all of us, and she said, well, I mean, the first thing in my mind was I was so insecure and I was fearful and the enemy was saying, no, you probably shouldn't say a thing and this isn't gonna really speak to anybody. This isn't relevant. The last thing you should do is say anything right now. And then I still ended up following through. And I said, well, because you did at that moment, we all were taken to a different place of experiencing God's love and what he had for us that day because of just that piece. Doesn't mean we don't wanna have some reverence to say, um, hey, I wanted to say I'm going to pizza today and I like blue. <laughs> you know, let's uh, have something that has to do with the message, right? But because they stepped out, like, oh, uh, I would love to buy this car. I was going to ask what you guys thought. Maybe, maybe we don't do that right now. But, <laughs> but there's a discerning there too in that piece. But God is like, man, I want to use you. And it's interesting, when you step out, there almost is a freedom that bursts free from your heart. How God is using you. Have you felt that to where that moment, when you guys just today, when you, uh, when you prayed or when you said something and you were part of the service, all of a sudden there's this acceptance and this heart that God is, is using me at that moment. <laughs> right? There's, it's special. It's so special and God wants to say, man, you are more than enough. Here's the big picture is that we don't have to be our own victor in our battle. That's the difference. If we look at the elephant here in that, I don't know if you can pull up the elephant one more time. There it is, two of them. But the elephant and us, we so think we have to do this on our own, on our own accord. And as we've talked, man, we don't have to be the victor of our battles. He says he will go before you. He'll pull the ladder out. He will fight the battle. He'll overcome heights. One thing, or whatever it may be, and again, that's, that is literally, that is, that is nothing compared to what people are battling. But that, that, that hurt that you've gone through, that hurt that has made you who you are and you can't discern it or see it, and it's so painful to face because maybe someone has spoken something into your life. He's like, Lord, 
I need to give this to you. And he wants you to give it to him because he wants to fight this. One thing we have to do is we have to step out and open up our hands and give it to him. And that's, that's tough. But he's like, look, give it to me. I have conquered the grave. <laughs> there is nothing that I can't do. You just need to trust me and walk into this and I'll, I will do it. In Philippians, or actually, real quick, Rob had spoke a couple weeks ago, and we talked about it just this morning, I think DJ mentioned it, is that you know, uh, Jesus said to his disciples, who do you say I am? And I've heard that over the years, but I quickly just say, um, I, I put my name in there, and I say, oh, who, who is Darren? God's asking me who I am, and he's not. He's saying, look, no, <laughs> who do you say I am as God? Because again, I, I quickly say, well, here's who I am and here's what I can't do and here's my weaknesses and here's my strengths. Here's what I'm, I feel like I'm good at. But here's all these things about me and God is saying, look, if you know who I am, if you really know me, I'll fight these battles. I'll win. I'll, be, I'll, I'll do this for you. We'll take victory. We'll take ground in this. So Philippians 4, 7, it says, do not be anxious about anything but in every situation, pray, or by prayer, by petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds. If we could just, I, maybe I should get a tattoo of that. And just, I don't have any tattoos, but I'm like, if I could every day do that. <laughs> the whole thing. Maybe I put it on my dash of the car. I don't know. But think about it. If, if I could just have that mindset of do not be anxious about anything. Now, we had a lot of hands go up about how many were anxious. Man, I had things I was anxious about last week. And God is saying, do not. He doesn't say, be anxious about these few things. These things I want you to be anxious about. Okay, got it. No, check. But um, these other things, don't be anxious. He's saying, no, 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 no. Don't be anxious about anything. Here's what happened to me as I was preparing for this about a week ago. And I shared this with Dan. I shared it last night. But a week ago, I was preparing, and I was reading this scripture, and I, I felt like, um, just to the Lord, I was like, okay, Lord, you're telling me not to be anxious about this. And I had just started a new job like two weeks ago, and I'm really busy, you know, full-time job and traveling and all that good stuff, plus the message, which is, which is, which is great, but I, I, you know, I'm starting to get insecurities and fears, and I'm not going to be prepared and all this stuff, but, I, but the Lord was saying, Darren... Do not be anxious about this. And I said, you know what? I hear you say that, but I haven't accepted it. I haven't been able to come in to say, okay, you know what? I'm actually going to accept that today and walk in that. And it's interesting. This week has been peace for me, which is, (laughs) so go God. This stuff works, man. (laughs) This stuff works, amen? It works, and I, and I just, I went through the week, and I'm like, I need to feel some major anxiety. That's normal. Where is it at? But I was like, right? It's like, I should be freaking out. I got to be planned. I got to be ready. Have you practiced? You know, are you ready? And I'm thinking, oh, that's right. This is like, the Lord is saying, do not be anxious, but you need to trust me. You need to walk in and step into that. And how many of us can relate to that, right? We, a lot of us raised our hand, so... I think the challenge would be, Lord, yeah, I don't want to be anxious. I'm going to pray that. I'm going to, I'm going to 
receive that from you, Lord, and I'm going to walk in that this week. Yeah, the lie of the enemy means if you're not anxious, you must be lazy. Isn't, and I love the way you just said that, um, in that you're right. I must not be working hard enough, doing enough. Am I planning enough? And if you don't have anxiety, then it doesn't mean you're focused. And, and that's interesting because God doesn't speak that over us. In my, my message today is like, it is nothing about Darren. It's all about you, Lord. Speak through me. This is different than being at work. But if I am anxious and I'm thinking of me more than I'm thinking of what God wants to do, and in our, our day-to-day life, society is so much that. You have deadlines. You have things you have to do. You've got work to be done. But I feel like in that, boy, God can, God can help us through that. I love the way you said that. Thanks for sharing that. And look how that spoke to everybody. We're like, yes, yes, amen, amen. So Romans um, 12, 2, do not be conformed by this world. Instead, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Whew, man, that's uh, it's another scripture tattoo, <laughs> probably. Let's do it. Again, I don't have any. But think about that. You're like, man, if I could remember that every day in my busyness, in my day-to-day. I need to remember this. So let me close by saying this or starting kind of to close here real quick. Let's see how we do it on time. Okay. So there's um, a gal by the name of Brene Brown. She uh, does TED Talks. You guys heard of her? Anybody? I hadn't heard of her until this week. And Janet, it was great timing-wise. Janet had watched her TED Talk, and it was on vulnerability I was like, wow, boy, this is, talk about timing. This is good. So this gal is a really smart individual. I mean, PhD, you know, obviously research professor and really wanted to dig into vulnerability. But here was the thing. With her personally, she felt like she could never open up to the point of understanding vulnerability because she couldn't be vulnerable herself. It was easy to talk about some of those things, but she started to get hung up and said, okay, I need to go see a therapist, somebody. I need someone to help me with, with what I'm thinking. Now, I would, I would encourage you guys to watch her on vulnerability. It's not, it's not a biblical piece, but I think there's a lot of good pieces to it for sure. So she's talking to this person and she says, look, um, she realizes that people struggle you know, with shame, with fear, with worthiness, But she understands if you get there to that point and you can open up about those things and be truly vulnerable based on past experiences and things that really make you you, that is really the birthplace to love, to joy, to creativity, to belonging. And I love the way she said that. And here's what she referenced. She referenced the word courage. I think of the lion in Wizard of Oz needing courage, right? But the Latin to that, because he needed a heart, the Latin occur is heart. And so it takes us in finding that friend group, finding that place, finding someone that you can go and you can say, I can be fully vulnerable. I can really open up. I can be me. I have to have the courage behind it. That's the missing ingredient is do I truly have the courage to do that? And I was like, wow, that's so good. Because we get to some of that point, but we never sometimes cross over and stepping out to that. 
to say, I'm going to share that. And again, if we can do that, we get to that point of love and creativity and fulfillment and worthiness of being accepted. So I thought that was so good to share. And here would be just the challenge this morning for you guys. I did want to have everyone come up and start talking about their insecurities. And <laughs> just kidding. Um, <laughs> but here would be the way to close this is that I wanted to just have a time of prayer. And I wanted you guys to just be able to soak in for maybe 20 seconds or so and just hear from God of, one, what are some of those fears that I have that I can't discern and haven't been able to discern and you can bring those up to the surface? And two, if there's something you're dealing with right now, God wants you to hand it to him doesn't want you to think I got to do this on my own. Just hand it to him. At the end of the day, this whole series, unhindered, that's, that's the, the value. We, this is the part of, okay, I hear all this. Now I'm going to step out in it. And I don't have to be the champion. It's not like Verne in my own mind. This is God that can do this for you. So give it to him. Let him handle this and accept that, that you're going to give it to him. So um, we're just going to have about 20 seconds, and then I'll pray, and then I'll dismiss, okay? He's all you are. Will you meet me here again? So, Father, you know each and every heart that's here, God. <laughs> um, we're not distant from you, but we are your beloved, as we talked about that in worship. Uh, we are ultimately your children, God, and you love us more than anything, anything at all. But there's personal relationship. You see each and every one of us right now, and you can see our heart, and you can see our struggles, Lord. <laughs> when, as you saw, God, the arms went up with anxiety all over. We can all define fear, Lord. And God, right now, Lord, we, we want to open up our hands, Lord, in that what we've been dealing with, whether it's from a month ago, 10 years ago, 40 years, whatever it may be, God, we know that you want us to live in freedom. And we want to give that to you, Lord. We want you to take it from us, Lord, not because of our strength, um, but ultimately, you want to pull the stake, and you're going to take the chain off, and you're going to do that on, on, on your own for us, Lord. And so, God, we accept that, Lord. We give that to you, and we ask, Lord, that you would fill this void, maybe this emptiness now that we've gotten so accustomed to dealing with this fear, but fill it with you, Lord. Fill it with your love. Fill it with your, your joy, with your peace, God. We ask, Lord, that you would take that in Jesus' name. And we thank you for everything. Amen.